0: This is Steven.
1: And this is Tracy.
0: And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast.
1: Please follow our podcast on the following platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Just search Just The Two Of Us Podcast. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, Just The Two Of Us Podcast. Or on Twitter, we can be found at J-T-T-O-U podcast. Or follow us individually. You can find Steven at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y. Or follow Tracy at Riffic. T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey everybody.
0: <laughs> how are you, Tracy?
1: <laughs> oh, you're asking me how I am. <laughs> not yeah, not asking this, you. This this uh time. Yes, yeah, so you're asking me how I am. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you're you good. very much. Yeah.
0: What are we doing right now?
1: I, I don't know. You're being
0: strange. No, what are we doing right now?
1: We're we're doing a podcast. Where are we doing it? In our living room.
0: And we're in our living room because we can't go anywhere.
1: <laughs> right.
0: We can't go anywhere because there's a pandemic going around. Right. And it's pretty much everyone's on lockdown.
1: To be fair, I think today is Monday.
0: Right. Point being.
1: We wouldn't be going anywhere anyway right uh, now. I don't it's a know. It's
0: I might be going somewhere. Who knows?
1: <laughs> okay, fine. Whatever.
0: But the point is. Yeah we are locked down and if you listen to this podcast it's probably likely that you're locked down too so we thought it'd be a good idea if we gave you guys some suggestions on how you could spend that lockdown besides making sourdough bread and stealing all the yeast from the stores and now i can't make the (laughs) cookies and cakes and things that i want to make because you all took the yeast but that's another story um (laughs) we're gonna give you uh uh, suggestions on things you can watch during the the lockdown things you can binge because it seems like we all got all the time in the world now so
1: and this might be a little late some of you might have already like watched all of netflix by now but for those of you who haven't and still need some new stuff to watch i guess um then we've got some stuff for you to watch
0: (laughs) yeah I mean, we got we got stuff and you know and and to make it easy for you guys we we've broken it down into into different lengths of things. Yes,
1: so we've got categories.
0: We've got stuff that you can watch in one night,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one weekend, mm-hmm. one week, one month, and even beyond. Yes, like, seasons so, of things. So if you wanna, if you got <laughs> the rest of the year that you can watch stuff, we we got that for you too. Got you covered. <laughs> We got we got you covered. So <laughs> yeah, so let's get started. Um, yes,
1: let's do that. The
0: first first category is stuff that you can watch in one night. Yes. What what, what do you have, Tracy? You got any suggestions? for So the people?
1: Um, I came up with um, multiple suggestions for all these categories, but I decided to go with uh the Bikram yoga documentary so uh me I like to watch documentaries so if you like documentaries um you can always hit me up on Twitter and I can give you some suggestions of some things I've watched but anyway so I chose the Bikram yoga uh documentary I actually watched this um right before the pandemic I think like maybe a month before all this started um before we got shut down yeah or right when we got shut down It was very early on. Before that rona started popping. Before, yeah. So I'll give you a quick summary, and this is just from online, and then I'll give you a little of my take on it or whatever. Um, So this um, is from, I think this is from Wikipedia, but the film first traces how Bikram Chowdhury built his Bikram empire of hot yoga studios, training celebrities and amassing devotees as America's favorite yogi. The narrative then turns to the accusations of sexual abuse that unmask the sword man behind the wellness phenomenon. The show details footage of the domineering guru and testimonies from several of his victims whose visible anger uh, reinforces the tragedy. The director, Eva Orner, stuffs the full arc of Chowdhury's story into a tight 86 minutes, encapsulating the paradox of his legacy. While many of his closest confidants express a profound sense of betrayal, they don't hesitate to acknowledge the positive impact he had on their lives. Okay. Wow, that's that's quite the description. (laughs) I know, right? Um, Yeah, that was... Actually, I think this was from Vulture. But anyway... um, So the documentary is called Bikram, Yogi, Guru, Predator. And so if you don't know anything about Bikram yoga, Bikram yoga is also known as hot yoga. So it's like you're doing yoga in a studio and it's like 105 to 120 degrees. And it's like an hour long and like it's supposed to be like amazing because you're getting super hot and then that allows your body to be very flexible and all this stuff. So Bikram... um. (laughs) I will put this in air quotes. He founded this um, yoga style um, when he was in India and he um, basically got so popular. He started, um, you know, kind of getting a following. Um, there's even a, there's a story in the documentary where he apparently um, helps fixes Richard Nixon's um, back <laughs> and um, with yoga, with doing yoga. So the documentary basically details his life growing up in India, how he um, got into yoga, and founded quotes air quotes founded <laughs> this this practice um, named after himself, and how he gets to America. Okay, and once he gets to America, he basically is living the life. His um, practice, he starts opening up studios. And he becomes very well known. Um, Again, you know, celebrities are like in, you know, just endorsing him, loving, you know, the yoga and everything. And um, he is basically living the life. He's in mansions. He's driving around Beverly Hills in fancy cars. I mean, it it is just like an impressive story. And then, you know, it starts going into these nitty gritty details that basically. You start seeing him teaching in these classes where you can become a certified uh, teacher. And essentially he is like a tyrant in these classes. And it's, it's a little hard to watch at times because he is literally yelling and cursing at these classes, these classes would be held in um, I believe it was like the Hilton Hotel and it was like a room for maybe like three hundred people, like these big ballrooms that they have in the Hilton Hotel in Beverly Hills and he's basically just yelling and screaming at people and it's it, it's a little unnerving. You yeah, know, it's funny because <laughs> Michael
0: Jordan fans will say that that is an ingredient for being a champion.
1: (laughs) Yelling at people
0: and being a tyrant (laughs) because, you know, without that kind of stuff, you couldn't be a champion. So maybe Bikram was just trying to help these people become yoga champions. Well,
1: it's funny you say that because that's exactly what he thought he was doing. He thought (laughs) he was helping these people because he felt that people were, in essence, you know, they don't push themselves enough. And that they were lazy. And he even told people in his classes that they were lazy and they're not working hard enough. Right. So, yeah. So you're seeing this side. You start seeing this side of him as his popularity grows. And as his popularity grows, he, of course, has a huge, huge ego. And that ego takes over thinking that he can basically kind of do what he wants and this all spilled into his interactions with some of his students. And in the documentary, um, like I said in the description, basically there are um, accounts of people who took his classes. They, you know, some became teachers or whatnot, but basically, you know, there are multiple allegations of him assaulting women. Um, there are um, accounts um, from a couple of women that he raped and yeah. And so basically you uh, see in this documentary, just, you know, like I said, this whole account of what, how that all happened and mm-hmm. basically up until where he is as of 2019. Yeah. <laughs> and as of 2019, he um, fled the country and he is going around still multiple countries still teaching yoga. He is 76 years old right now. And, yeah, he's still out there and has tons and tons of followers because the crazy thing about it is that this style of yoga became just super popular, and people feel like it changed their lives. Right. So, yeah, it's a good documentary, really, really interesting. Just it's, yeah, it's a lot.
0: (laughs) Okay, so so you're saying it's not a documentary about a guy who – Likes to cosplay as Yogi Bear, Guru the Rapper, or the Predator from the Predator movies. It's not about that. It
1: is not.
0: Okay. I just wanted to make sure.
1: Okay. Sounds, <laughs> sounds
0: interesting. That's that's it for your...
1: That's it for my... One night. Okay. Spiel. Yes, yeah, on that. All
0: right. Well, I got a couple, of, a couple of things I think would be good that you can binge in, in one night. Uh, the first one is... <clears throat> it's a show called Undone. It's a... It's eight episodes, uh, about 30 minutes each, which, you know, sounds like a long time, but, I mean, there are a lot of them are shorter than 30 minutes, and if you had, a, like, basically, you could knock them out in a night if you wanted to. You could watch it from 7 to 11, and boom, you're done with the entire season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Undone um, is about a 28-year-old woman who nearly dies in a car accident, and she finds that she has a new relationship with time. Um as you know she essentially starts to time travel not not willingly she she hmm. seems she appears to to travel through time and then and and the show um is is about her relationship with her her father who passed away and you're wondering throughout the show and so as the character is, is she losing her mind or is she actually traveling through time because she mm-hmm. goes back to when her father was still alive and she was a mm-hmm. little girl mm-hmm. and the, the night he was killed and you know it, it, it's a lot it, it has a lot of um, I, I would say some similarities to like the 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 movie Frequency, in which a mm. a guy was trying to save his father, um, you know, in the past, and it's pretty good because it, it's a it's a rotoscope show animation where they they shoot the actors live action and then they uh, animate on top of them mm. on the actual screen, so it's, right. it has a, a nice like funky fluid. Uh, weird animation to it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's it's on amazon uh amazon video like it was Mm a really good show i mean it really gets, gets you get to explore this this woman's relationship with her sister her mother um and her father and how their lives changed when her father died when she was a little girl and the the characters are are you know latino Uh, latina characters in the in the film i mean in in the show Mm -hmm. and bob odenkirk plays the girl's mother and he's white but it's nice to see that representation in the show where you know there's a lot of you know besides the family there's other latinx characters and and it's really a diverse show and it's it's really deep i mean it makes you think about life in general and existentialism and you know what relationships you have with your family so you can find that on Amazon and you can knock it out in one night. Uh, another show that I recommend is also on Amazon and it's called Homecoming. And Homecoming is, it's 10 episodes. The first There's two seasons. The first season uh, came out uh, uh, about a year and a half ago. And there's another season that will be starting in June, starring Janelle Monet. The first season uh, starred Julia Roberts and... And Stephen James, and it's uh, about 20 minutes each in each episode. They're really short episodes, so it's really interesting that you can really knock them out quickly. And it's about Julia Roberts' character, whose name is Heidi Bergman, and she's a caseworker at Homecoming, a, a facility to help soldiers transition back to civilian life. She leaves homecoming to start a new living with her mother and working as a small town waitress. Years later, the Department of Defense questions why she suddenly left homecoming, which makes Heidi realize that there's a whole other story behind the one that she's been telling herself. And a lot of the show is in flashbacks of uh, Heidi's present time where she's working as a waitress uh, from that time back to when she was working as a caseworker in homecoming. It's Julia Roberts, Stephen James, uh, Shea Wiggum, uh, Bobby Cannavale, and it's it's really it's a great mystery. It's it's directed by Sam Esmail, who created, wrote, produced, directed *Mr. Robot*. So it has a very, a very distinct visual style. Like he's clearly someone who, who is a fan of, of Hitchcock and the way he shoots the the show is very Hitchcockian in, in a lot of the angles they use and, and, and how he shoots certain uh, scenes and has certain characters out of frame. And it's, it's very visually interesting and he clearly wears like his, his, his Hitchcockian influence on his, on his sleeve. Uh, I, I highly recommend homecoming. It, it, it has a great mystery as to what's going on at this homecoming facility and great performances by Julia Roberts and, um, Stephen James because that like one thing I was really impressed with it was everyone knows that like, Julia Roberts is a great actress but Stephen James is really good in his role and they had amazing chemistry together like I wasn't expecting them to have great chemistry but they had a great vibe they they played off each other as well in the scenes that they shared and you should watch Homecoming for the performances alone And it's a a rather quick watch. You can really knock it out in one night if you wanted to.
1: Awesome. Yeah. All right. Those are great picks, I think, for a night. I'm going to just mention an honorable mention, and you can just look up this movie, but it's the movie Her. This came out some years ago now, like, I don't know. What is this, 2020? Like, maybe, I don't know, when that came out, 2015, 2016? It's been yeah. out for a while. It's been... it's been out for a while, but look it up on Netflix. It's a really good movie. It's a little bit futuristic. Um, and it has it stars, uh, what's my man's name? <laughs> <laughs> jo- Joaquin Phoenix?
0: Yes, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, <laughs>
1: Joaquin Phoenix. That's his name. And Scarlett Johansson is in it. And um, I'm sure you've heard of it. Google it. Look it up on Netflix. Check it out. It's a really unique take on a love story. <laughs> I'll put it like that. All okay.
0: right. Yeah, so that's where you can watch in one night. Uh, now we have uh, things that you can watch in one weekend. Okay. These are, are are shows that we think you can knock out in the in the span of two days, like a Saturday, a Sunday, or even right. maybe a Friday night. So they're not they're not too involved, but they're a little bit longer than you know a one night binge watch show. Right. So what do you have?
1: Okay, so I'm going to suggest uh, this is on Netflix, and it is another documentary style show, and it is called Cheer. Um, Cheer got a lot of buzz Um, recently. They were like on the Ellen Show and just kind of all around, but I will read you the description of it and uh, again, give my little take. Okay, the series follows the the competition season of the cheer team from Navarro College in Corsicana, Texas. The community college may not be a household name to most, but it is to people who are extremely into competitive college cheer. They have won a slew of national titles under the leadership of its coach, uh, Monica Aldamo. The hook of cheer is how the team members enthusiastically undertake these trials in order to be the best and to win the big competition in Daytona Beach at the end of the season. But it is also about how much they want to please Monica, who encourages their tendency to think of her as a mom, someone they are desperate not to disappoint. We meet students who have had few champions in their lives, hard circumstances, limited options until Monica gave them a chance to be a part of something to succeed. Okay. So, um, yeah, so cheer. Um, I definitely was interested in cheer because I used to cheer in back in the day from eighth grade through 12th grade. So I was definitely going to check this out. And yeah, basically, like I said, it's about this cheer team that they're following who has won, Oh, I think they've won like 14 national champions, uh, championship titles um, in the National Cheerleading Association um, competition. And uh, they do show that competition on ESPN, I believe. I think that's the one they show. Or do they show the UCA one? I I have no idea. I'm not asking. This is outside outside of my world. I know. I'm not really asking. I'm just throwing it out there. But anyway, so they have um, won like all these competitions. And that is... Pretty huge for basically a smaller like school. They are a junior college, so um, you know they're not there for very long. And so for them, for this team to put together, uh, you know the kind of effort needed to you know win these championships in in basically like a two-year span or so, maybe sometimes three years. But yeah, like it's like an amazing feat. So you basically like go through their last competition season, and they're documenting that and i will say that if you are i don't want to say it's uh if you're squeamish but just be aware that competition when it comes to cheer competition it can get um i guess you should say Uh, a little bit dangerous um because of the types of stunts they're doing i mean if you've ever seen any of those competitions on espn um they're throwing girls far up into the air they're flying all across the stage and so you're taking a in-depth look at that sort of preparation through this documentary and yeah people are falling and yeah getting hurt and it is they're not showing anything that's the thing but it's just it's the idea of it like because you're seeing it and then you're seeing like the aftermath so yeah nothing nothing like but still it was it was kind of hard for me to watch and I used to cheer and I was a you know competitive cheerleader and so I've done some of those things so I like felt their pain (laughs) but anyway it was really good and the characters I shouldn't say the characters but the, (laughs) the students are just yeah like this description said a lot of them have been through hard times are going through hard times a lot of them You know, like the the ones that they focused on, um, you know, come from like just broken homes and just hard lives. Like one girl, like kind of left her home and was living in a trailer with her brother since they like she was like 14. And I'm just like, oh my god, because this is like small town. Like a lot of them from small towns, and um, so you know, just a lot of their families didn't have very much, and this is kind of like. All they have, you know, and their coach, who is hard on them, but she she does like treat them just so well, and she like goes to bat for them, and yeah, you if you watch this documentary, you'll just see like just so much love that she has for them, and that. You know, you just see, like, all the things that they, the ups and downs that they go through, you know, trying to prepare for this competition. And, obviously, you see them at the end with this, you know, performing at the competition. So, um, it was really, really good. I was really into it. And there is a fan favorite. His name is Jerry. And you will love him. And he's so amazing. And he's, like, been everywhere. Like, if you watch Ellen, I think he's been on Ellen. Like, she keeps inviting him back because he's, like, so amazing and just so positive and wonderful. So, I highly recommend this, if you want to watch something just for Jerry, because he's just so uplifting, and I think like it'd be cool to watch something like that during this time because we need some Matt talk from Jerry. <laughs> okay. All right. That's me. That's that's you. Um
0: here's a show that was surprisingly good to me. I didn't I really didn't have much expectation, but it's a show called Bodyguard on Netflix. Um it's uh Six episodes long, about an hour each. So you could definitely knock that out on a two-day weekend. You know, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. And Bodyguard um, is about a police sergeant who's also an Army vet in Britain who's suffering from PTSD. Uh, He now works for the Royalty and Specialist Protection Branch of London's Metropolitan Police Service, and he is assigned to be the principal protection officer for an ambitious home secretary um, named Julia Montague, whose politics he despises. So he pretty much has to protect someone in government, a politician who, you know, he kind of doesn't really agree with her particular politics. Mm. And the the show stars um, Rob Snow, <laughs> whose name I can't remember right now, but...
1: Oh, I don't, I never know that guy's name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob Snow from uh, Game, of Game of Thrones. He he stars uh, as as the police officer whose name is, is David Budd, and it's kind of it's it's a it's a good show if you like. You know, if if you are into kind of like a twenty four type of show. It's kind of like Twenty Four in a sense because it, it has terrorists, it has you know bombings and assassination attempts. It's <laughs> it's 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 really it's really good and suspenseful in that way. You and, sound like Stefan right now. Oh, really? <laughs> it, has <laughs> it has everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, bombings.
1: <laughs> it, it, bombings, assassination it's just... <laughs> attempts.
0: Yeah, but no, it's 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 a really really good uh, show if you're into that kind of stuff. The action is is pretty decent and you know, it's, it's British, so it's kind of, yeah, I know it's kind of funny, but no, but it, it's, it's British, and I mean that to say, like, it's, it's interesting, because then you kind of get a, a, a peek, even though it's a fictional show, you do get yeah. a peek into, like, British politics and, and mm-hmm. things of that nature, and, and how, uh you know, how things work as far as, like, the politicians there, and with respect to their opinions, and mm. and their political positions, so mm-hmm. that that's, Pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, it also has all the action that you uh, mm-hmm. expect from a show like Twenty Four. Mm-hmm. And Rob Rob Stark's name is Richard Madden. I cannot remember his name. Like,
1: oh yeah, because yeah, you said Rob Snow, and yeah, was no, like, no, no, not like, Rob Snow. Rob Stark, Stark. <laughs> right?
0: No, he, he wasn't the bastard. He had <laughs> his
1: father claimed him, so, he, <laughs>
0: so he's a Stark, not a Snow. But anyway, um, Richard Madden. And okay. Bodyguard was really good. Like I, I would suggest you Bodyguard if you're kind of into like those kind of spy 24 type shows. Uh, that's on Netflix. Uh, another show to check out is on Amazon. It's Fleabag. It was you, a good show. It was a good show. You may have heard of this. It's a, it's a show based on Phoebe Waller-Bridge's one woman show that was in London. And it's 12 episodes over two seasons and then like half an hour episodes. So you can, I think you can knock out the full two seasons in a couple of days she um bridge you know writes it and stars in it and she stars as a as a woman who is dumped by her boyfriend and she's you know desperately trying to sell some stolen goods that she had that she stole and mm-hmm. she's also trying to you know meet guys and deal with her family and the issues with her you know her father and his uh his new wife her well not I guess they're not even married yet, but right. you know, stepmother to be, and she's someone who's who's dealing with her own type of depression where she hasn't gone over some things that happened in her life mm-hmm. and she's trying to cope with those with also trying to be like a smart aleck to everyone. She has <laughs> a very dry wit and the character breaks the fourth wall quite a bit. That's kind of like a, a story device for this show where she'll talk and you'll look at the camera and she'll make a little smirk and things like that. And it's very it's very cheeky British Schuma, <laughs> if I do say so. It, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's really funny and clever. And you know, Fiuala Bridge is, is great in it. She's very charming as a character. And I'm ashamed to say that I it took me a while Maybe I don't know. Maybe five, six episodes. Maybe not until like the end of the first season mm-hmm. before I realized like they never said her character's name on the show, and like mm. her character is listed as like Fleabag <laughs> in the credits. Like I never knew like what her like everyone else's character has a name. You know, right. she'll she'll say their name, like the name of her sister mm-hmm. and you know ex boyfriend and things like that. But her name is 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 basically credited as Fleabag. So that <laughs> that was kind of interesting, but. I suggest you check that out on on Amazon as well it's like I said, it's pretty funny cheeky British humor but it's it's well it's, it's well regarded and it's well worth your time
1: if you yeah if you like British humor if you like British comedies this show's hysterical like I like I laughed like I had gut laughs you know like those deep like it, it was really really funny if you like that style of humor um Yeah. Anyway.
0: Okay. So, yeah, those are things that you can watch in a weekend, Mm -hmm. but we know, hey, we're locked down. We got time. We got time. (laughs) So, here are some shows, I guess, that you could watch in a week, you know, seven days. Mm -hmm. You could probably knock out one episode a day or two episodes a day, and then boom, you're done. So, what do you have on your list?
1: Well, I have the one and only Harry Potter series. So... Harry Potter is on TV all the time, so I'm sure you can catch it. They re, uh, not rerun, that's what I want to say, but they show the entire series. They run the entire movie series, like, all the time on FX and Sci Fi and USA and I think TBS and, like, every, every <laughs> network has picked this up and run it. Right. Um... So you can totally watch that, and um, I mean, if you've been living under a rock, I mean, everybody knows who Harry Potter is. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I have to describe it per se, but, you know, it's about little Harry Potter, and he grows up, and he, you know, he's learning to be a wizard over at Hogwarts. He's got his friends Ron and Hermione, and, you know, they get into all kinds of adventures, and they get into a lot of trouble, but somehow... They don't really get blamed for it. (laughs) Get out of it. Um, But yeah, basically, um, you know, it's about Harry Potter. And he's like a wizard. And so if you like fantasy, that kind of stuff, if you've never seen it, like you should totally, you've got time to totally watch it. Um, uh, One of these weeks, weekends that they air all of the movies. There's seven movies. So if you have even more time, I suggest you read the books. They are available for download. I read all seven of books in like three weeks. They are very fast to read. They're really, really good. Yes, in a lot of ways they are better than the movies only because it's a book <laughs> and there's more details that can be shared obviously in a book and not in a two hour movie. So anyway, if you've got a lot of time on your hands, you should totally, totally read the books. And then maybe watch all the movies. But if you don't have that much time or you just don't want to devote that much time, definitely watch the movies. If you've got small kids, they will love it. It's very fun, especially the earlier um, movies, like one through four-ish, where (laughs) Harry and his friends are all young. They're all, like, they start Hogwarts. They're, like, all eight years old. So if you've got little kids, like, they love it. i thought they started when they were, like, 11. Were they 11? Maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I always they because they like like look so little. But it was um, seven
0: years, so from eleven no, to right. like eighteen. Yeah, you're they right. because no, they
1: because t- I'm thinking of their like real ages too. Like I was trying to think, but they, but no, you're right because they just look so small. I know they're tiny. The first the first movie, they look so small. Whenever I look at the look, watch that first movie, I'm like, oh my god, they look very tiny. But you're right; they're actually they are eleven, I think. So anyway, like um. Totally watch those movies. They're fun. They're exciting. They're very, very well done. And um, yeah, that that would be my pick.
0: Okay, good. Um, I have another pick. That's something you can watch on Amazon. It's called uh, Hunters, and this is a pretty recent show. It came out this past February, and it's ten episodes, but uh, you know a little less than an hours each episode. You can knock that out in a week. And Hunters. Is about Nazi hunters who discover that there are high-ranking Nazi officials living in New York City in 1977, and they're conspiring to create a Fourth Reich in the U- United States. And the hunters are a group of people who decide that they're going to stop the Nazis from, you know, taking control and and... By any means necessary, which any means means they killed these Nazis. <laughs> right. So it's a period piece, and they go around killing all these Nazis. It stars Al Pacino, and you know there's a, a few other folks in there you might uh, recognize, like you know Ted Mosby from How I Met, How your, I mother. met your Mother. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he uh, he's in there as well. And Hunters is good. I mean, it's Jordan Peele is executive producer of it, and it's very. Um, it's interesting. I mean, some of the show takes back flashbacks, flashing back to Nazi Germany and the concentration camps, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting just to see uh, a lot of the you know depiction of what happened during uh, the war. And critics have said, you know, this a lot of this stuff isn't true, and and how mm-hmm. things are depicted. Like there's one particular scene of, you know, the Nazis torturing the 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 prisoners by having them play like chess on a giant chess board where each prisoner was a piece and they would be forced to like kill the other like prisoner like that's a little extreme like that's something that's kind of fantastical but
1: kind of extreme.
0: yeah i mean that's the thing (laughs) like the nazis were pretty cruel and did like all horrible things so (laughs) but apparently like you know them making them play chess and kill each other was not one of the things they did but it's kind of like a, 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 a a historical fantasy type show in a way um Mm kind of like um tarantino's and glorious bastards was but uh it's it's an interesting show al pacino does a good job of not being al pacino which is a compliment because it seems like nowadays you know stuff that he works in uh movies and he appears in, it's like okay but you al pacino you know what i'm saying like no matter what character he's playing he's kind of still giving you al pacino and i think he does a good job of of playing a you know a Jewish Nazi hunter in his you know sixties or seventies whatever old he's supposed to be in this in this particular show and a lot of times I forget that he's Al Pacino which is, <laughs> which is good is I mean it's yeah. good and I feel like he actually had fun in this role I, I hmm. get the impression that he enjoyed it because it felt like it was something of substance. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at like his filmography the last few years. I mean, he kind of has, you know, he's been doing paycheck movies, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of the stuff he did with Scorsese, you know, doing the, um, the Irishman. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's just doing stuff for paychecks, just sleepwalking through, just doing whatever. And this feels like something that he really threw, Mm -hmm. you know, threw his heart into and, and gave a pretty good performance. So Mm -hmm. I would suggest hunters on Amazon. And, Similarly, I would suggest. What would I suggest? The boys. The boys on Amazon. And I say similarly because both the boys and Hunter's kind of have a, a point of view character setup that's that similar. And, and Hunter is a guy comes, you know, he learns his grandmother dies and he finds out about these group of people and he wants to get revenge, so he joins them. And that's kind of like what happens with the boys uh, in, in a way. The boys is eight episodes long, about an hour, so you can definitely knock that out. And it's about a guy whose girlfriend is killed accidentally by a superhero. And this <laughs> and this and this show takes place in a world where superheroes are as popular as celebrities and you know they're in they're very influential and they're like treated as gods actually. But they you know, the question is like, you know, what would what would happen if we had real life superheroes? Like they're not like the known superheroes, like you know Spider Man or Superman or things like that. These are generic superheroes where the world is full. You know, there's a bunch of superheroes running around, and they're not particularly good people. Mm-hmm. Like they, they act as good people. You know, they do all the pu- you know the the publicity and and all these things, and you think they're good, but it's like they're kind of a holes. And it's <laughs> it's funny because you kind of think about it, it. It it makes you think of how people would be if they suddenly became a superhero. Like, they got mm-hmm. superpowers. Like, we all think, like, oh, well, someone, you know, someone gets superpowers, like, you know, Spider-Man, he's gonna, you know, decide to fight crime and new things. Like, mm-hmm. in this show, it's like, well, some of them use it to get rich because like, they love the celebrity of it. They get rich. They get, you know, they get men and women and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so the show's about these people and, you know, how they become a hoes and treat folks with this power and like cuz you can't stop them they're superheroes and a group of guys who are called the boys who are basically trying to expose them for what they are which is like these are terrible people mm. and we're trying to kill all these superheroes so it's a it's a good study as to what would happen if someone actually became a superhero and what would you know how will people handle that they're, they're they're treated like they're gods. They're treated like they're celebrities. They have endorsement deals. They have all the money and riches mm-hmm. like celebrities. And it's wickedly funny and violent. And mm-hmm. it's it's both those things. Very violent, very funny, and very disturbing on some level with some of the things that some of these superheroes do. Because mm-hmm. you, you watch the show, you're like, oh, man, that was, whoa, that was terrible. Like, <laughs> you know, Superman never did that. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's now that I mentioned Superman, it makes me think, imagine if the movie, this, this show was full of superheroes who are like the bad Superman from Superman 3. Superman 3 is when like this weird thing happened, like Clark Kent. Sp- split up from like superman and then like mm. so superman was like a bad superman so he was like drunk and he was like going around just beating people up for the heck of it <laughs> it was a terrible movie but it, this is kind of like that mm. so if if you're looking for something like you know something that's superhero based you, 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 you're fiending for some <laughs> some superhero stuff after you know the marvel phases uh have have slowed down and we're waiting for the next maze a phase of marvel movies check out the boys and um you can find that on amazon
1: awesome yeah yeah i caught a little bit sometimes when you would watch that and i was like wow they're terrible they're terrible people they are terrible people (laughs) (laughs) it's it's
0: funny it's like they are terrible people but it and you kind of want to you kind of hope for them to be better. That's the yeah. thing. You want them to go down, and and at, but you also want Like, well, he is a superhero. He could do some good, uh-huh. you know. But um,
1: Man.
0: that's Man. yeah. Th- that's what we have for stuff you can watch in a week. Up next, what you can watch in one month? Okay. 30, Thirty days.
1: Thirty days. What do I have? Wait, I was, like, crossing on things. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm in the right space. Okay, so for a month, um, I chose Pose, and this is on, where is this?
0: Well, you can find it on Netflix. I mean, you it can comes find on, it on Netflix. It comes okay, on right. FX, but okay. you can find it on Netflix.
1: Yeah, it's an FX show, but you can find it on Netflix, <laughs> and I'm going to read you the description because that'll be better. <laughs> so... Uh, set in 1980s, Pose is a dance musical that explores the juxtaposition of several segments of life and society in New York, the ball culture world, the rise of the luxury Trump era universe, uh, and the downtown social and literary scene. Okay, so the characters are thus uh, Blanca. She forms a house, um, a self-selected family that provides support to... LGBTQ youth who have been rejected by their birth families. Then there's Damon. He's a dancer who joins Blanca's house. Together, they compete in the balls, where house members challenge each other in various categories and are judged on their outfits, attitude, or dance skills. Against Blanca's former house mother, Electra, Praytel—that's the name—Praytel is godfather to the children who compete in the balls. Angel is a streetwalker who develops feelings for a new client, Stan. Who has a loving wife, Patty, and then also um, James Van Der Beek. Uh He's a, he's just in the first season, but he plays uh, Stan's boss. So the main characters of the show basically um, are competing in these balls, um, and this show is uh, one of a one of a kind show today that employs the most transgendered actors like ever so it's very revolutionary in this time um and so basically as i said it's set in the 80s and they do time jump a little bit later in the in the series but um the show is phenomenal um i i won't like give too many details because i don't want to like ruin anything but the acting alone in the show um billy porter is in the show he he plays Pray Tell and he is the one who is the, the, the host of all the balls that people go to and they, you know, they're dancing and they're doing these categories and stuff. And Billy Porter, um, he was on Broadway. He was in Kinky Boots. Um, he has won... What did he just win? Emmy? Or Golden Globe? I can't remember.
0: He won something. He, he won something. He, he just recently yeah, won, he won for, this, yeah. for
1: this show. Um, for his acting on this show. And he is phenomenal. I mean, all the actors are phenomenal. It, and the storylines are just so like well done like um just so deep detailed um yeah i just i just love i just love the stories so much and i i mean i definitely won't go as to say that this is like a, a this is us type of show where you're crying every week but <laughs> i mean it it gets you i mean it, it, it gives you more of a roller coaster i'll say like when i watch this is us for anybody who watches this is us it it you're literally crying every week it's so sad <laughs> there's so many sad things but this i mean you're gonna have some some sad moments because this is taking place in like the 80s and then goes on to the 90s and you know you know they're talking about and dealing with the hiv aids epidemic and that in and of itself the stories involving that you know with some of the characters it's just so oh it's it's heart-wrenching but their perseverance and their positivity is it's just uncanny i mean especially you know if you're thinking back to those times where no one knew what this disease was and like how to like like what was going to happen to people and They do such a good job on the show uh, around that. And not
0: only that, I want to say, not only the like dealing with the AIDS epidemic, I mean, just dealing with the general run of the mill homophobia homophobia, and transphobia that, you know, was going on and is still going on. Just them them navigating that as well.
1: For sure. For sure. For sure. I will say, though. I don't know. It's like they, it's like they do touch on it, and there, there was one a specific episode where they did really like. I mean, they touch on it throughout, but I will say this: they don't harp on that. Like they, it's almost like, I mean, it's it's all through the series, but it's not something that they're hitting you over the head with. You know, trying to like get the audience to understand, like. People are homophobic back then, and like it's like you get it, like you you get it, you pick it up from the show, you pick it up that this is the reason why they have these balls. It's a place for them to feel safe. It's their safe space, you know. So you 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 understand that clearly, but it's not something where they're overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think that this show is, is just so well done, and there are so many people. Uh, Transgender people who are today, who have so much notoriety today that are involved with the show. So that just really gives such... um, What's the word I want to say? Like you you just feel like the stories that are told are are coming from a really real place. Like not just some, not, this isn't like a writer's room full of just random people, you know, people who have no clue about this community and their writing. Like the people in this room, like the people involved with the show, period, they're from this world. And, you know, it. it, it is clear like through, the entire series. And it's just so good. Like I said, like they just have such great actors on this show. And I mean, they just, they act their butts off. I mean, they all deserve to be nominated and, oh, it's such a good show. So definitely, definitely check it out. Read about it. Check it out. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. I have an honorable mention. Um, I didn't write anything about this, but I wrote down Sherlock, which is on BBC. Um, Sherlock has Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, we know him now as Doctor Strange from the Marvel universe, and Martin Freeman, also part of Marvel universe, he's played FBI agent and FBI agent, right or CIA? <laughs> Martin Freeman, he oh, was in. Oh yeah, um, yeah, he's the CIA agent. CIA in uh, Winter Soldier, right or no?
0: Well, yeah, no, he was in he was in Civil War and Black Panther.
1: Okay, that one, yes, yes. I was like one of those. I'm like, I know Bucky was there. <laughs> And your and your other your your hobbity and he is the hobbity he is Bilbo Baggins of the Hobbit so um, Sherlock is good you know I don't know if the stories I never looked it up but I don't know if the, the cases that they are these like brand new cases that they do have you ever looked it up are these actual from the books
0: yeah most of them most of, the stories most the of them are actually kind of re yeah retellings like of it. of classic. Sherlock Holmes stories from right. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So <laughs> it, it's a very clever show because yeah. they, they they take it and they, and they apply it to the modern time. So they, it's so good. They have oh, cell phones so and things like that. And yeah. it's, it's really good. It's very, very good retelling of mm-hmm. the visual style in which sh- the show is shot. It's very, mm-hmm. very interesting and fun. It's like... So fun to watch. You, it gives you a good idea. Rather than just like having... You know Sherlock Holmes explain how he figured something yeah. out. Like they, they they shoot it in such a way where it's explain. You know it's it's self explanatory. Visually, you can get like, mm-hmm. oh, he saw this p- piece of lint on this guy's yeah. lapel, and then he figured out that he had lipstick on his mm-hmm. you know, collar or something like that. I don't know
1: what you call it, like the directing techniques, or I don't know what like type of technical. TV show making um, technique they use, but it's just cool like how they you know basically you're you get to see Sherlock's point of view and you know he points out all these things and he's like super just hyper aware. I mean like genius level like hyper aware of like everything and can solve stuff so fast. you know. So it's like you know just really um, it's just a really well done show. It's really fun really really fun show to watch so that's my honorable mention
0: yeah and it's um 13 episodes mm-hmm. and they're they're each like two hour movies uh yeah you the can,
1: seasons are like two episodes yeah each season's is like three episodes so <laughs> but there's
0: in total it's like 13 episodes yeah. two hours each and you can you can watch it on netflix actually it's available on oh, netflix okay and uh you can definitely knock that out in in a month Mm -hmm. um i don't think you should have any problems doing that um so that's it that's that's your honorable mention okay i got this is a this is a good one because this is like my current favorite show as of now today is the (laughs) moment we're recording this podcast is the Good Fight?
1: Mm, this was a good show. The
0: Good Fight is a spinoff of the CBS show The Good Wife that starred Julianna Margulies and Chris Noth. Uh, as you know, Chris Noth was, I guess, a politician in Chicago, and his wife was a uh, attorney, and it was about Chicago politics, Chicago law, things like that. Mm-hmm. And The Good Fight is a spinoff of that, where one of the characters from The Good Wife. Uh, played by Christine Baranski, leaves the firm and goes to another firm because she was swindled out of her out of basically her life savings by someone she trusted, and so she needed to go back to work. So she mm-hmm. goes to work at a black law firm, <laughs> and it's it's really funny because like she she goes to work at this law firm uh, called Reddick, Bozeman and Costad And Reddick Bozeman is is run by um, Adrian Bozeman, who's played by Delroy Lindo. And it's funny, because she comes into this environment as a white woman, and she brings along a family friend who's just fresh out of law school as another attorney to work at this firm. And the show really... It's really... It's hard to describe the show, because ostensibly, it's a drama. But it's also... A lot of satire involved and the and they do a lot of things in the show where you know they're they're definitely trying to entertain you because they'll in the middle of an episode they'll just throw in a random cartoon that will be a a satire of one of the you know current situations going on in that particular episode so it's like it's a serious drama with like some heavy duty satire and i i think they do a good job of really addressing a lot of like current issues and and things that are going on uh, in the political climate now, and in society, like and they're not afraid to talk about. It. I mean, especially because it's it's a show that's produced by uh, you know a white couple who they also did the the Good Wife and, and the show Evil, but they do touch some racial issues that you think they would. I mean, they 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 really address the fact that like a white woman comes into this black law firm and becomes a partner. They address, you know, later on in the, in the run of the show, some uh, some new white attorneys join and then some of the black staff starts to become, uh, you know, concerned about the, the fact that they are hiring these white people. They say, hey, this is supposed to be a black firm and this is why I joined this firm. So they, they do touch a lot of those different issues, uh, current issues around the internet, things like that. But one overarching theme I think that people will be surprised to see is how much time they spent um, eviscerating the current <laughs> occupant of the White House, <laughs> um, he who shall not be spoken like Voldemort. Like <laughs> they do a, they really talk about the current. President, yeah. like it. I mean, they really go in hard, harder than I would have expected any television show to go especially outside of on CBS. Especially on a CBS All Access. It's on CBS All Access, but I mean, essentially at CBS. Um, I mean, I want. I would expect that from late night shows, you know, Daily Show, uh, mm. Last Week Tonight, things like that. Like, yeah, they're gonna make fun of the president. They're gonna say pretty harsh things, but this show. For it to be an hour-long drama. Woo boy, they every episode they are just destroying the president. And it's just the I guess it's a testament to how much power the producers have at CBS that they are you know given that much leeway to even go there. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe CBS is thinking, hey, this show is it's on CBS All Access, it's streaming, it's not on the regular broadcast network. So it doesn't cause a ruffle, mm-hmm. you know, when they're going out, you know, talking about the president the way they do. Right. I don't. I don't know why, but I mean, they 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 are they're allowed to do really what they want. It seems like when it comes to criticizing the president.
1: Interesting.
0: But uh, outside of that, the show is great. It's funny. The performances are are good. It's 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 a very lighthearted show, but it has uh, some good strong moments of. Of drama and and interplay between the, the conflict between a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. So it's on its fourth season now. So there's three complete seasons. So so far there's there's over thirty seasons of uh, thirty episodes available that you can watch. Mm-hmm. It's on CBS All Access. You can get CBS All Access for five ninety nine or nine ninety nine if you don't want any commercials. So definitely check out The Good Fight. I highly suggest it.
1: Were they one of the services that was doing some free stuff now because of the pandemic?
0: I don't know, but even if they aren't, you can still get a week free. Yeah. So you get a week free and you can check out the CBS All Access uh, content, which they have like all the Star Trek series and the new ones, like Discovery and Picard. They have all the old Twilight Zones and the new Twilight Zones, as well as all the current CBS shows and a bunch of older Shows that are produced by CBS, uh, CBS Studios. So, in any event, you could get a week's worth free. You could check it out, see if you if you like it, and then Mm. maybe you'll you'll pay the five ninety nine a month for a subscription.
1: Yeah, awesome. Okay. Okay.
0: So those are things that we think that you can knock out within in a month, a re- in, in yeah, in a month, in a month and so. in, in total in a reasonable time. In,
1: yeah, in a reasonable. Yeah. But we like,
0: know the way things are going right now.
1: Maybe you'll finish this in a week,
0: <laughs> or, or or we'll be stuck here for ever <laughs> till the end of days. So in that case, there's some things that you can watch because they, you know, they are a lot of seasons, a lot, a lot of seasons. episodes. Yeah. But you can pretty much, you know, go through that run and. I don't know, maybe three, four, five months later, you're done with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. So I'll go here. Um, Okay, so I've got two shows to recommend and then an honorable mention. So the first one is Desperate Housewives. Um, Desperate Housewives, um, yeah, this was on, let's see, when did this come on? Back in the day. First episode was back in 2004. Um, There are eight seasons of this. So there's... Plenty of watching. Um, Desperate Housewives was my jam. Like that was something like, it was one of the shows I didn't miss back in the day. Um, so I'll give you a little the little description of it in case you are unfamiliar with the show. Um, but basically uh, it follows, uh, let me see. One, two, three, I think it's five women, but really four women and um, there's a narrator. So like five women. But basically, uh, they live in this like picture-perfect subdivision. <laughs> um, and you've got like these four women who come from different kind of uh, backgrounds. So you've got Susan, who's described as klutzy. Klutzy Susan. She's divorced, and she's a mother of a teenage uh, daughter named Julie. Then there's Lynette, and she's married to Tom. And they um, have four children, and they are quite the handful. Then you've got Bree. and Bree is like basically the Martha Stewart of the neighborhood. Like everything is perfect, like not a hair out of place type of situation. And then you have Gabrielle, who's the ex-model, married to her handsome, successful husband Carlos, and you know, basically just loves to luxuriate and, you know, shop. <laughs> so and the fifth woman is actually the narrator of the show, um, their friend Mary Alice. So that's just a little, a little synopsis of the show. Um, yeah, like I said, it was my jam. It's They just get into all sorts of issues. It's like this, what you think is this quiet, sleepy, little su- suburban neighborhood. There's really just like all sorts of drama that ensues. So it is such a long show. I can't even like sum it up for you, but basically it's like, yeah. It's it's funny, it's a comedy, um, a little bit of drama. You'll love it. <laughs> it has everything. I'm be like Stefan. It has everything. It's got yeah, glitz, glam, crazy kids, murder, murder, <laughs> um, yeah, fancy cars. Like it's got it all. So anyway, check that out. And you can find it on Netflix. You can find it on Netflix. Yes. Um, The second show I was going to recommend is Gossip Girl, which I know is an odd choice for a grown woman like myself, but I actually watched this right when it went off the air. Um, And I was going to put the description, but Gossip Girl, it was, it was really big with the young folks (laughs) and I never thought. I would ever want to watch that because I'm like that's just like not you know when it was on I was like that's like not my demographic like I mean it was like a little bit younger than me and I was like eh but lo and behold (laughs) I decided to watch it and it was really 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 good and I watched it some years ago and have actually been thinking about watching again but um yeah this was back on um from 2007 to 2012. So I watched it I I literally think I started watching it the month after it stopped. Yeah, because they had several seasons online. So anyway, it is, yeah, it says six seasons. You can find this on Netflix. And um, here's a little synopsis of this. All right, high school is over for the uh, privileged former students at the exclusive prep school on Manhattan's Upper East Side. But Gossip Girl still shares text message scoops on scandals and heartache. As the graduates embark on their futures, with some attending college and others focusing on burgeoning careers, Gossip Girl continues to stir the pot and feed any potential scandals. And still, the identity of Gossip Girl remains a mystery. Okay, so basically, it details these this group of um, high school students. They all live in, in New York, uh, in Manhattan's Upper East Side. They're all very wealthy. Um, and I think it starts... The show starts during their junior year in high school, okay? So basically these kids, they they live it up. They live in these just ridiculous, like, penthouse apartments, you know, that sort of situation. If you know anything about New York and that lifestyle, then, yeah, they all have money, filthy, filthy rich, right? And the school they go to is a prep school. So, yeah, they wear uniforms or whatever, and they're all, like, you know, supposed to, you know, have this image of, like, these good you know, prep school kids, but basically they're all terrible. <laughs> like they're all kind of like terrible and in their own way. Um, and they don't act like high school. Like the one thing about this show that got me, it kind of reminded me of when I used to watch Dawson's Creek way back in the day. Dawson's Creek was also like this high school show, like set show, but it like, they did not act like they were in high school. They acted like they were, way into college like much much older than what they were supposed to be this is the same thing for gossip girl like gossip girl like they it's like they're adults like so if you feel like this is a show that you're like i don't want to watch these high schoolers like (laughs) trust me they do not act like they are in high school by any means
0: and the actors probably aren't even high school the age. Actors, they're probably on that Beverly Hills Battle Only
1: one actress was actually a uh, high school age student during this show. Um, and she played, like, one of the the um, characters' the little sisters. And she was, like, actually, like, she was a freshman and her brother's a junior. And she was actually freshman age. But, like, yes, all of the characters, are supposed to be, like, 17 but they're all really like 23 in real life. <laughs> so and like all the dialogue of the show and everything is is very adult. And anyway, it's 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 like drama, but it's not too deep. But the overall thing of the show is that there's this person narrating and she is Gossip Girl and she writes this blog and she like talks about all these scandals and there's a lot of like um there's no naming of names. Like she's just talking about various people and, and people flock to her blog to like find out what's going on. And there's like text messages. There's a lot of that. There's like, you get these alerts on your phone. And it's like, Oh my God, like gossip girl wrote about something. And so it's all about like these scandals and like these people, uh, you know, in their class or, you know, in their school, like doing things and, um, and, so it's, it's intriguing it's an intriguing show it's a really good word for it. it's very intriguing when you watch the first couple episodes you're, you're kind of like pulled in and like I said the themes of the show it's not a high school show it's it really is for adults so I really didn't think I would get pulled into watching it after the first couple episodes but like I literally been I've never binged a show so fast in my life I six seasons yeah I've watched like Probably the first couple of seasons in like, I don't know, a week or so. Like, I don't know. I remember just watching like multiple episodes. It It's a good show. I don't know. I'd, I'd like it. Maybe you like it. Give it a try. Why not? <laughs> um, my honorable mention for my last one is um, an honorable mention, and it is the show called Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. This show um, originally came on Bravo. It's one of their like first scripted series that Bravo did. Because um, we all know Bravo, they are very famous for their Real Housewives and all their reality shows. But this is their first foray. I think this is their first show that was scripted. I don't know if it's the first, maybe the second. What, Bravo. Uh, yeah. Hmm. There might have been another show before this one. Yeah, I feel like they had something before. But this is like one of yeah. It might have been another show that I can't think of right now. But anyway, it's a scripted show. Um, and it is also available. I'm assuming on Netflix, right? Yes, Yes, everything is is on Netflix. Um, And I'll just read you a quick description. So the show uh, follows the life of Abby McCarthy, who is a author of self-help books and guru to people with family issues. And she states that her and her husband have separated. Her career then screws just to a halt. Um, So real quick, like Abby McCarthy, she's the main uh, character in this TV show. And she is... uh, the girlfriend she's the girlfriend she's the girlfriend behind this book series she has written called girlfriend's guide to fill in the blank so she's written books about motherhood and marriage and like all this stuff however her life uh changes when her husband uh asked for a divorce so Once that happens, she's like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, how can I continue to write books about marriage? Cause I am no longer married. So her publicist, um, or her agent rather, her agent was like, well, why don't you just write about divorce? Duh. You know? So that's what she, um, begins to do. And she's got some friends, um, on the show also, and they all come from just kind of like different, different walks of life. So you've got Phoebe, Phoebe, literally she was a model but she pretty much just doesn't do anything because she used to be married and she's divorced and she basically lives off her husband's money and it apparently nice. she gets like 40,000 a month <laughs> cuz they have two kids so she lives uh this takes place in LA by the way so she lives in this fabulous house um in LA you know she has these two kids and she's just living the life right okay so that's phoebe then there's her friend uh, Delia. Delia actually is her uh, divorce lawyer turned friend. So um, Delia, she's fabulous. Like she looks, fa- I mean Delia, just a side note, her wardrobe on the show, fantastic. Um, anyway, so Delia um, is her lawyer turned friend and um, Delia has an associate named Lila who also becomes one of the friends, however, Uh, After the first season of the show, Lila, who is played by Janine Garofalo, she leaves the show. And then she's replaced by another actress who is um, Abby's friend that she grew up with, Joe. Her name is Joe. So uh, just a side note about that. So um, there is a character change there. And then they also do add later on um, Retta, uh, Retta, if you're uh, familiar with Retta, she's a comedian, she's hilarious, and she used to be on the show Community. So, um, Retta is added to the cast uh, later on. But anyway, so basically... She
0: was on Parks and Rec.
1: Oh, Parks and Rec? I thought it was Community. Just, My bad. You just confused
0: two black women together.
1: There's a black woman on Community? I never watched Community. You bet
0: Nicole Brown.
1: Oh, you're right. I never watched Community. I don't know who was on that <laughs> show. I have no idea except for Joel McHale, right? Yes. He yeah, is he, like,
0: he is on it now. He is
1: literally the only person I knew who was on Comu- Donald Glover. Community. Oh, Donald Glover. Oh, yeah.
0: Chevy I Chase. I
1: literally did not watch the show. I didn't see it. And I didn't know Chevy Chase is on the show. <laughs> I didn't know. I have no idea. So, my bad. Parks and Recs. My <laughs> bad. Yes. Anyway, so um, as I was saying, yes. Um, so, basically, like the show kind of details, like, Abby going through this divorce and trying to manage her career. And um, she also has two kids, and well, her and her husband have two kids. So, they're just kind of like, trying to manage that and and Abby is the type of character she's like one of those characters that's just kind of all over the place like she's just trying to do so much and and keep up appearances like that's kind of like how this all I think started with her just feeling like with her divorce she just couldn't she just wasn't gonna be able to keep up this lifestyle and keep up this not that she was leading this extravagant lifestyle but you know this just this life of I was this person and I built my whole career around being this married person. And I think I should add in the word perfect married, you know, couple with two kids and I got this fabulous career. So, you know, this really leaves her very, very frazzled, but you know, she picks it up. Like I said, she starts writing, um, just a different series. And, and that kind of change. you see through her writing this new series, of talking about her divorce, it kind of like, you know, becomes like this introspective look at like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I can do this. Like I, I can still empower women. Cause she was afraid that she wasn't going to be able to help women anymore because she wasn't going to be, ma- cause she wasn't married any longer. But she found out like with her, with, with that book being published that she, actually was able to help a lot of women. And it's so funny because I'm like, yeah, because like tons of women are divorced. (laughs) I mean, it's not like there aren't any divorced people out there. So anyway, so she learns a lot. And and you just see like kind of the trials and tribulations of her and her friends and It's a little risque at times, a show. Um, It's really good and really fun. It's lighthearted. It's not, you know, anything deep. So it's a a really light and fun show to watch. And, um, you know, but the topics that they talk about, you know, when they get serious, it's serious and it's good. You know, it's a little bit of of light drama in there, I should say. So check that out as an honorable mention if you'd like. Um, It's five seasons, but the last two seasons are very shortened so i can't remember i think they only had like four or five episodes because they basically like you know ended the show and then i think they ended up getting a fifth season by like not accident but like i think they kind of like reluctantly got a fifth season and it's only like four or five episodes or something Mm -hmm. like that so anyway okay those are my picks.
0: all right well, my pick for something you can watch over an extended period of time, it's quite a doozy. It's a lot of episodes. It is The Clone Wars.
1: Oh, yes. Your clones.
0: Clone Wars, <laughs> my jam. It's
1: your jam. It's,
0: it's, it's, a, it's an animated Star Wars show that takes place between the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith movies, and... It pretty much kind of bridges the gap between those two films as to, to what happened. Between what happened after Attack of the Clones and at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And it's it's an animated series. Uh, the first episode was actually a, a, a film that came out in 2008 in theaters. It's like a 90-minute like film that kind of introduced the characters. And then after that, Lucasfilm commissioned a, a full-blown series that... Will appear on different networks, but now you can find it on Disney Plus. It's over a hundred and let's see how many episodes are there. You said thirty-three. There's over over a hundred and thirty-three episodes, I, I think, uh, of the show. And it's essentially about Anakin Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Anakin's Padawan, which is you know the Star Wars version of apprentice, his Jedi apprentice. Uh, Ahsoka Tano, and it it really f- like fleshes out the details of of a lot of the 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 ideas that George Lucas is trying to get at during during the prequel movies of Star Wars, and I think that's one of the, the the shortcomings of the of the films where he had a lot of ideas but they weren't really executed well. I mean, a lot of people made fun of the you know and the Phantom Menace, the, the Episode One film, how a lot of it was. You know, the plot was based on like a trade war and an embargo <laughs> between like the different the different um, different species or different uh, you know factions within the universe. And there was a lot of politics and politic heavy stuff. And when it comes to a film, that's kind of stuff that's kind of too heavy. You don't want to get into because you know people want to watch action. They want to watch mm-hmm. you know lightsaber fights and and ships flying through and blowing things up. But when it comes to the TV show, when they talk about some of those issues and, and topics that were brought up during the films, they do a very good job in the TV show of fleshing those things out, and you can really see how things tie together. Mm-hmm. I mean, the show really like gets deep into... You get a better idea of why Anakin turns to the dark side. Spoiler alert, he's Darth Vader, and he's evil. <laughs> After... Uh, you know after Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith it's like you know you kind of like oh why did he turn evil oh they showed it in Revenge of the Sith but it's kind of like is that all like that was enough to turn him where the story of the Clone Wars television show actually does a very good job of fleshing it out and you can see the progression you can see how he could be turned to the dark side uh, considering his his arguments with Obi-Wan his his disagreements with the Jedi Council uh, his relationship with Padme, the ups and downs of that, and you can see why that would happen. Um, but the star of the show really is, e- even though you can say Obi Wan and Anakin are stars, and they, you know, they're in a lot of the episodes. But the breakout star is Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, who played, you know, his Anakin's Padawan. And I would say that she turns out after, because I really didn't watch the Clone Wars when it was on, and I just started watching on Disney in like the last five months. She is my favorite Jedi of all time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she 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 is a beast. Like she is a beast. she's she's better than Anakin, she's better than Obi-Wan, she's better than Luke, she's better than Rey. She is the best Jedi that Star Wars has put on the screen in my opinion. She starts off really young, you know, maybe like 14 years old, and you can see her grow in age throughout the show and she gets older and more confident and you know, a much better fighter, a much better Jedi. And it's amazing to watch her transition. Um, and another good thing about the show is they, they they do a lot of character development for her, which is, you know, she's a new character to the Star Wars universe. And a lot of people might think, I'm interested in her. Like, just give me more, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, things mm-hmm. that they know. But she's actually, they do a, such a good job of developing her that, you know, she feels like she's integral to the the tapestry of the of the Star Wars universe now. She's mm-hmm. a new character, but you got used to her. And the show does a good job of doing things like that. Like they they do a lot of stories that involve other characters as well. They talk about the the clones and they do a lot of episodes focused on the clones, focused on the droids, focused on Yoda. There's different worlds and, and, and people they deal with. A lot of the the show um, deals with the planet of, of Mandalore and The Mandalorians. And as you know, The Mandalorian is a another live-action show, Star Wars, based on Disney+. And if you watch Clone Wars, you can see a lot of the background on The Mandalorians and how they came to be. And it's really fascinating to see all these things tie together. Like it's, I cannot recommend The Clone Wars anymore. I mean, it, it definitely has the best action of any of the Star Wars because it's animation. They can really... Stretch out, and they could do things that a television or a movie budget wouldn't allow you to do. When it comes to action, they can do whatever they want because it's animation, and the action is dope. It's not kids could watch the show, but it's mm. definitely not a kids' exclusive show because they yeah. deal with a lot of themes that are heavy and more uh, more sophisticated de- themes that you think you know adults would be you know more inclined to to get. And-
1: they literally kill people, and so. they kill
0: people. Like <laughs> it's not graphic in a sense; like they don't like show blood or something like that. But you know, there yeah. may have been a few beheadings. Yeah, you may have know, been a few. and there's there's a lot of lot of action and and along those lines. But that's what makes it dope. I mean, mm-hmm. I I'm of all the things that I've talked about tonight, I cannot re- recommend yeah, that's anything more. The
1: best. Like I mean, even I've been watching some of it with you, and here and there over the whole series, and yeah, like totally. Was caught up watching. I'm
0: like, oh wow, this is like really good. It's, it's really good. It's really dope. Like is the action, like it's like wow. Like the the action is good. If you're into action, if you're into Star Wars, or if you're into animation, or all three of them together, this is this is <laughs> this definitely is the show you. for you. So I definitely recommend you watch it. Take your time. Um, it's on Disney Plus, but. Be careful because when they originally made the show or broadcast the show, it wasn't the first, some of the episodes of the first four seasons weren't in chronological order. They kind of jumped around a little bit. So there's a guide that you can find online on starwars.com. If you do a search for Clone Wars, Star Wars, Clone Wars chronological order, you will find the page that will tell you in which order to actually watch the episodes. Just to make sure that you get the story in chronological order, because they're not in chronological order as they appear on Disney Plus, and I think it really makes a difference because a lot of a lot of characters jump around from you know different episodes, and if you watch in order, it's easier to follow the the overarching story. So be sure to do that. So, All right.
1: Well, we are at we're over an hour, I think, right?
0: Right, so but uh, we you have. Though there's a couple of things I want to add, though. Two more things to add. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: I want to say, I'll just
1: check in for your time.
0: Yeah, so. no, I know I, I got the time, but I, right. I do want to say that we gave you a list of things that you can watch. Yeah, and which is you know, I think would be helpful for you guys. And 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 people have done that before, people have done podcasts or little guides and say, Hey, watch this, watch this, but no one ever tells you what not to watch,
1: <laughs> right? So
0: now I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you what not to watch. If you are scrolling through Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever streaming service, you know, there's things that you say, hey, well, that looks interesting. I might want to check that out. And then, you know, you realize, crap, that was dumb. I shouldn't have wasted my time with that. And, well, I'm going to save you the trouble because there's a couple of shows that if you have Netflix, you should avoid at all costs. (laughs) The first one is The Island. Yes, the I hyphen land. (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's a show that's pretty much trying to be like a lost knockoff in a way. Mm. Ten people wake up on a you know treacherous island and have no memory, and then while they're there, they start to realize the world isn't as it seems. <laughs> and this is a terrible show. Like it was terrible. <laughs> the pre prim- I thought the premise was interesting. You have ten strangers who wake up and none of them knows who they are, and they're on a deserted island. But as the show even in the first episode, I don't know why I kept watching the show. I'm a this that way. Like yeah, even you are. <laughs> even if the show was bad, if I started watching, you have I have to keep watching. I have to keep watching because I feel like <laughs> I want to give it a chance, and I feel like it will redeem itself.
1: Yeah, well, yeah.
0: But this show didn't. I mean, it had (laughs) it had terrible writing and a and 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 bad acting for most of the cast, except for maybe a couple of people. Yeah, where it there was just leaps of logic for the characters, like they just made no sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. characters were doing strange things on this particular Mm -hmm. show. where It's like they wake up with no memory, and it's like one character is like, "Hey." Let's try to figure out what's going on here. Why are we on this island? How come we don't remember who we are? Blah, blah, blah. While other characters are like, hey, let's go for a swim. And I'm like, yeah, what? So why, are you, why, why are you going for a swim? Like they they were going to hang out and relax. And they, weren't, they weren't pressed at all. They weren't even like, <laughs> oh, we need to make shelter. We need to find food. We need to start a fire. Nope. They just wanted to hang out and let's chill out. despite the fact that like they woke up on a deserted island and had no idea who they were. That was so weird. weird. One character just tries to rape another one in the first episode out of the blue. And I'm like, dude, why are you trying to rape this person? And then when one person, like, you know, the person, the woman who was almost raped, you know, tries to tell the group about it, then they get mad at her and blame her and think that she's, like, causing problems. It was just a weird show. Very weird. It It was not good at all. And I'm not even going to spoil it for you in case you do decide to watch it. But things aren't as a theme on the show for the characters. And as it progresses through each season, it gets dumber and dumber till at the very end, you're thinking, man, I I can't believe I just watched this show. So avoid The Island on Netflix. Another show I would say avoid is V Wars on Netflix. V uh, V Wars. I'm about to say V-horse. <laughs> a V a, a horse. <laughs> the The tongue, <laughs> man. I, I know, but um, <laughs> V Wars is is about a doctor who is pitted against his best friend when an ancient disease like starts turning people into vampires, including his friend. Mm-hmm. And the premise sounded interesting. I was I was kind of skeptical at first. But you know, I'm 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 into like you know some supernatural <laughs> or like you know action shows like that or thriller. So I was like, yeah. okay, vampires, you know, see what this is about. But this is a this is a bad cheap show where I wasn't expecting to be so bad and cheap. It's a type of show where each with each episode they take leaps in 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 the narrative in which like you're wondering if you missed an episode. Mm. You know, like it'll be. You know, it, 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 in one episode, it's like the the you know people are becoming more and more becoming vampires, and then it's like it's just a few of them. And then the next episode, all of a sudden, it seems like oh now there's like a thousand vampires, and people are talking about it on TV, but no one seems particularly pressed about it. Like people are slowly becoming more and more vampires, but then like <laughs> the world is going like, behaving as normal. What's
1: going on? Like, whatever.
0: People are still going to the mall, going to the movies. Like, people are getting attacked by vampires, like, behind gas stations and then, like, you know, inside a bathroom of a restaurant. But then the other, you know, characters in the world of this particular show are just, like, whatever. And it's it's just a weird show. It's just poorly written. I really was expecting more, but then it... It was it was kind of disappointing. It it really was because I, I I didn't realize how bad it was, and it was so bad that I f- I had to tell you guys about it. Like just because <laughs> I want you to avoid the problem that I had uh, of seeing this this poor show with with terrible writing, with you know characters who of course do things that are completely illogical. It's <laughs> like you know I can. I can understand characters that do and this is my pet peeve generally for shows and movies like I could I could deal with characters who do things like a simple stupid thing out of a moment of you know a moment of stupidity they just kind of just make mm-hmm. a, a terrible mistake but I hate when shows and movies make characters do stupid stuff for the sole purpose of advancing the plot like the plot of this movie yeah. or show wouldn't be able to continue unless this person continuously did stupid things <laughs> and Stuff like that happened on, on V-Wars, you know, with some yeah. of the characters. I'm like, no, like, this is this is dumb. So I definitely would say avoid V-Wars. Avoid the island. Avoid V-Wars. They're both on Netflix. If you see them, if the Netflix keep algorithm pops up and it's up there and says, we we think you would like, or whatever they say on the Netflix. Like,
1: no, you won't <laughs> like Like, it. no,
0: just keep on scrolling. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I haven't
1: watched anything that I didn't, that I, like they ended up like that. Like really just terrible. I haven't watched yeah, anything like that. I've been wa- I've been wanting to watch a lot of old stuff that I never got to watch. And so, I um I've been trying to look at like different shows that that don't come to mind right now, but yeah, I've just been looking for stuff that you know, st- shows that went off the air that I I never got a chance to watch. So, that's that's going to be my next thing, but um yeah i don't i can't, I can't recall watching anything as terrible as what you've at island I did catch some of those island shows and the, they were terrible. They were really badly written.
0: Well, I take more risks than you because I also yeah, you watch. Do. I watch you a lot watch a more, lot
1: of so I'm
0: always looking for something new to watch because I like yeah. to be pleasantly surprised. Like if I see something that looks mildly interesting, right. I'm like, "Who? Let me check this out." You know, this might be good. You know, and mm-hmm. then you know sometimes you get burned, man. You know, you play with fire, you get burned sometimes. And I got burned by the Island and V Wars.
1: I was pleasantly surprised by the um, Madam C.J. Walker uh, movie. If anybody's interested in that. So you can watch that if you'd like. That's another little, just, you can watch it. It's four episodes. Really quick to watch. Mm-hmm. So that was good with um, Octavia Spencer, who plays Madam C.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. And Blair Underwood is in it, playing her husband. And yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was fine. I, I thought it ended. Good. A little history, a little historical. not, it's, you know, it's not, all real. <laughs> it's, it's like a. It's a. What what is the context? What do I want to say? It's like the take on her life. It's not all facts. I guess. Right. That's what, how I yeah. want to say it's not. It's it's based on her life, so there is some. They took some.
0: They took some liberties.
1: Some liberties, yes. They took some liberties there with the story. Tiffany Haddish is also in it. Um, Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy, yes. Bill Bellamy showed up. I was like, what's Bill doing in this? So, yeah. yeah, it was good, you know. Okay. It was fine. But, yeah, I think that's all I got.
0: All right. Well, yeah, so, guys, be sure to yeah check out some of the shows that we watch. And also, if you're looking for um, – if you're wondering what's available for streaming for all the, the various streaming services – you can visit justwatch.com, justwatch.com. And it's a website where if you put in the title of whatever movie or television show, it will spit out where you can watch it. So it'll yeah. spit out what streaming service it's on. Um, it will also tell you what uh, what pay-per-view on-demand services also Mm -hmm. if it's something that's not available like on netflix it'll be like oh but it might be on demand for 2.99 with Redbox or or something like that so it's a good resource to find if something you want to watch is available for streaming so check out justwatch.com that's
1: really handy
0: yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's it that's it for this episode yes yeah Was
1: the um entertaining episode
0: Yeah, I (laughs) I was entertained. And I hope you guys are entertained as well. And
1: Yes, tell us what you decided to watch. If you did, uh, we are available on all those wonderful um, social media platforms listed at the beginning of the show, Twitter and Facebook. So drop us a line, drop us a note, let us know what you decided to watch, if anything, and tell us what you're watching. Hit us up. Tell us what you're watching. What's good? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got to say. All right.
0: Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you. Bye.